Maybe you remember those old commercials, Got Milk? And it was usually somebody eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or having a nice warm chocolate chip cookie and desperately needing milk and not being able to find it or finding only empty containers. Well, here's the question. Do you need wisdom? I think all of us would say yes, and it becomes even more intense in the times that we're considering a job or a spouse or just whatever situation where we need wisdom. And if we lack wisdom, the Bible says we can ask God and he will give to us generously. But there are some qualifications there. There are some things that we need to do, and we'll find out more about how to get the wisdom of heaven today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. I would love to give you, you know, five bullet points on how to do this, but I'll just simply say this to you, that trials drive me to the face of God. And one day when I see his face, all my questions will be answered. But right now, he allows me to get glimpses and he invites me to a throne of grace that I may receive mercy and help when? in time of need. And if you read Hebrews 4, Hebrews 4 is about a sympathizing high priest who sympathizes and empathizes when we go through what? Temptations and trials. And that's, he is where we find our answers. He is wisdom from God. As a Christian, Jesus Christ is where I go. In him, Colossians 2.3 says, are hidden all the treasures of what? wisdom and knowledge. I go to him. This is where I need to be. That's why many people, when they come to faith in Jesus Christ, first get saved coming through a storm. Because you often, when you run out of answers, when you come to the end of yourself, that's when you begin to seek that which is higher. That, that's when you begin to say, Lord, if you're out there, Lord, if you're real, I want to know you because I've run out of options and I don't have all the answers and I don't have the answers to the, to the really big questions about why I'm here and where this life is going and about death, but you do. So I'm going to go to you. And so the wisest men on the planet did this very thing. Proverbs 1.7, if, you, if you're over there, Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They don't seek out wisdom, but you need to. Go to Proverbs 9. Flip over. Uh, Proverbs is the book of wisdom, so it's a place we should be. Proverbs 9, verse 1 says, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, she says, come, eat my food. Drink the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and live. Proceed in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. He who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in his learning. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you go back to Proverbs 2, Proverbs 2, the writer is saying, he's talking about the value of wisdom, and he says, look, you got to pay attention to it, Proverbs 2, 2. You got to incline your heart to understanding. You got to cry for discernment. Lift your voice for understanding, Proverbs 2, 4. You got to seek wisdom as silver. Search for her as hidden treasures. Then, when you do this, you will discern the fear of the Lord. You will discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom our subject, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives wisdom. He is the fountain of wisdom and knowledge. When you open God's word, you are opening the book of wisdom. It is chalked full, packed with wisdom. And oftentimes, let's face it, we are driven to more prayer and more Bible study when we are in a trial. Because we say something like this, Lord, I need to hear from you. I'm struggling. Go back to the book of James. I need an answer on this. I, I am pressed in a tight spot. What do I do? How do I move? How long do I wait? And the Lord imparts wisdom. James says, if you lack wisdom, and I think we all could say that we do lack it, then we need to ask of God. If any of you, I want you to notice in verse five of James one, it applies to any of you. Some of you are thinking tonight, it applies to every other Christian, but not me. I've tried this before, Pastor Michael. Everybody else, people come and they say, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me, and I'm like, how did he speak to you? Please. Give me a little insight, right? And you may be in that boat tonight. The Lord doesn't speak to me like he speaks to everybody else. Well, let me just say to you, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, any of you, all these early Christians, and of course we're reading the letter today, if we lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now God gives to all men, all people, how does he do it? He is generous. You are not the exception. God is generous with wisdom giving. He is a giving God. God so loved the world that he gave. Later in the book of James, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shifting or shadow. God is consistently generous with wisdom. In fact, he says, in all your getting, get wisdom. It's the superior thing. So he's not going to hold it back from you. And I'll, I'll give you an example. This is a personal example, and it applies to my youngest son, James. So James is a freshman at Biola, and uh, he was in the youth group uh, not that long ago. And we were, as a family, wrestling with the college tuition amount, as in dollar signs. So mom and dad were talking with James and we're, we're all praying and we're looking at, you know, can we do this as a family? And so I know that whole time leading up to um, James' freshman year, he had graduated and he was in youth group one night and uh, he told me the story that Pastor Brian just said, hey, if you're struggling with something tonight or you just need to put something before the Lord, 
then take this time. And they had a, a kind of a quiet time where they were just seeking the face of God and they were petitioning the Lord just quietly, you know. And James said, in that moment, and I just talked to him on the phone a few hours ago, in that moment, he said, Dad, I just saw a ram caught in the thicket, in a bush. And so after this happened, I think it was within about that week or so, he came to me and he said, Dad, uh, this is, this is kind of what I saw in my head. Um, can you confirm, you know, that story? And I said, yeah, that's Genesis 22. And I happened to have recently just studied that. And right after that happens, it says in that text, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And James went, whoa. And I went, yeah. <laughs> and here's the point. I'm not saying that everybody's going to see an image in their mind, but you might. But even the image that James saw was a Bible verse. And I will say this to you. The primary way that God has spoken to me over the years, though I do not want to put God in a box, is through his word. Oftentimes what's happened to me is I'll be praying about something and I'll say, oh God, you know, do I go to the left or the right? What do I do here? And more often than not, it's been through my own personal study of the Bible or another pastor preaching where I have gotten a word from God. Can I get a witness? Anybody else out there? Or someone may send me a Bible verse that they had on their heart to share with me. There's all different ways that God can do this, but the primary source of wisdom is his word. And here's where there's a caveat just to be careful. Because if, if you're praying about something, and let's say that you have a scenario and you have door A and B and you really want door A to happen. Well, we can play some games with ourselves about looking for signs and things like that. And I'm saying we just need to make sure that we anchor our answers in God's word, okay? I'm not trying to put God in a box, but I am saying God knows how to get to you. He knows your phone number. He can use other people. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm saying if it's anchored in a verse of scripture that you can confirm it, this is the revealed wisdom of God. And I think God will center what he says to you in a Bible verse. That's just my personal view. And so Paul asked questions like, well, where is the wise man? Where is the scribe of this age? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Look, there are people, the books fly off the shelf for people to get practical wisdom on life choices and finances and what should I do next and how do I find the right person and all of that. Hey, that's all here. You, there's two forms of wisdom. We'll read about that later in the book of James. There's a earthly, natural wisdom. There's a demonic wisdom. And there's wisdom from above. Which one do you want to choose? Which, do you, which way you want to go? There's plenty of books. There's plenty of how-to specials for three easy payments. They're always easy payments because you're making it to the other person. For $29.99, you can get this CD series. You can get this DVD series. You can download this teaching, right? But God already has downloaded a book. You just need to get it into your head. And it's a, and it's a matter of reading it and heeding it. Now, wisdom is Sophia in Greek. It's spelled S-O-P-H-I-A, transliterated in English. And 
many, many definitions I could give you, but let me give you a Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. I'm not trying to put God in a box, but I am saying God knows how to get to you. He knows your phone number. He can use other people. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm saying if it's anchored in a verse of Scripture that you can confirm it, this is the revealed wisdom of God. And I think God will center what he says to you in a Bible verse. That's just my personal view. And so Paul asks questions like, well, where is the wise man? Where is the scribe of this age? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Look, there are people, the books fly off the shelf for people to get practical wisdom on life choices and finances and what should I do next and how do I find the right person and all of that. Hey, that's all here. There's two Forms of wisdom, we'll read about that later in the book of James. There's an earthly, natural wisdom, there's a demonic wisdom, and there's wisdom from above. Which one do you want to choose? Which, do you, which way you want to go? There's plenty of books, there's plenty of how-to specials for three easy payments. They're always easy payments because you're making it to the other person. For $29.99... You can get this CD series. You can get this DVD series. You can download this teaching, right? But God already has downloaded a book. You just need to get it into your head. And it's a, and it's a matter of reading it and heeding it. Now, wisdom is Sophia in Greek. It's spelled S-O-P-H-I-A, transliterated into English. And many, many definitions I could give you, but let me give you a few. Wisdom, A.T. Robertson, is the practical use of knowledge, if you're taking notes. Wisdom, another writer says, is knowledge applied. Ralph Martin says, for the Jewish mind, wisdom meant practical righteousness in everyday living. Here's another one. Wisdom is the knowledge of the Holy One of God, His Word, His will, his way, and then applying it. Let me say that one more time because that's my personal definition and I want you to remember it. (laughs) Wisdom is the knowledge of God, his word, his will, his ways, and then doing it. James 1.22, later we'll study this, says, but prove yourselves to be what? Doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Wisdom is much more than knowledge. Wisdom is much more than intellect. You can have a state of facts. You can have a 
doctorate and be a fool. Because wisdom is more about practical things. It's about practical livings, living. Now, you can, be, you can have a doctorate and be a wise person. Don't get me wrong. But you could also have many degrees, many letters behind your name and be foolish. Moses said, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. That's Psalm 90, verse 12. Proverbs 24, 3 says, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. Can I speak to the guys for a second? You need to be wise about how you build your house. Build it on a strong foundation. Build your marriage on a strong foundation. Raise your kids in the ways of the Lord. Make a decision as a man to lead your house in the way that it should go, that you guys should go. God will be generous. He will give you, verse 5, James 1, he will give generously and he will give without reproach. Break down the two words for a second. Generously carries the idea of singleness of heart, verse 5, James 1, of doing something unconditionally without bargaining. The word suggests God's unwavering intent to be generous when you ask him. The only condition is that we ask and we ask in faith and we ask with the right motives as we'll see in chapter four of James. But you have to ask. You know, people in the Christian church say things like this, but it's legitimate. Did you pray about it? How many of you have had a friend say that to you and you're like, okay, Holy Joe. <laughs> but they're right, aren't they? Did you pray about it? Well, oh, 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 oh. Well, maybe you need to go back and pray about it. Maybe you need to ask, doesn't, it's not what everybody else thinks. It's, God, what do you think? Right? That's what this text is about. And we can be prone to say, well, I want to ask everybody else what they think before asking God what he thinks. God will give generously, and he, do, he does it without reproach. If you have an NIV, it says he does it without finding fault. Sometimes when we come to God, maybe over the same thing over and over again, we kind of feel like, oh, Lord, I don't know if you want to hear this again. Or we can feel unworthy to ask something like this. I'd really like to ask you for wisdom and help right now, but I've been such a stinker this week. Look, God doesn't put preconditions on his love and generosity. He wants you to ask, and he wants you to ask in faith. Jesus told us to ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be open. What man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? For he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Matthew 7, 7 through 11. God invites us to a throne of grace to our high priest Jesus Christ and says, come. The Lord gives wisdom. He'll give you what you need in the situation. Now, wisdom is not merely knowledge or ability or intelligence or even genius. It is the power and ability to apply all those things. One writer says, the fool is more readily governed by feelings, <laughs> desires, that which appeals to me. If it feels good, do it. 
Never mind the short-term or even long-term consequences on me, my family, my friends. The fool lives in the moment, in feelings, in the sense that the moment is all that matters. His life has no balance. But the wise man or woman gathers the facts, examines them, prays over them. He or she always uh, is testing them in the light of God's word. Always testing decisions in the light of God's word. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul picks up this theme about being a spiritual person. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 is the next place you want to go. Chapter 2, verse 6 says, Yet we do speak wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, among those who are mature. A wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. We speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, 8, which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, which has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of that man, which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we, we church, have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man, a person who's not born again, does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? But we, church, have what? We have the mind of Christ. What's an appraiser do? Have you ever had a house appraised? What do they do? They assess value. They'll come to your house, you're gonna refinance your house and an appraiser sets up an appointment and he looks at your property, he does comps of the neighborhood, he looks at upgrades you might have done, he looks at your view, do you have a pool, do you have this? And then he, and he assesses value. Let's say he says, okay, this house is worth this much money and your loan is contingent on it or whatever. A spiritual person makes appraisals not as the world makes them, but as the word of God makes them. Everybody with me? You can appraise things differently now. You can assess value, not as your non-Christians friends do, because they don't see value in your Bible studies. They don't see value. You give how much to the work of the Lord? What are you, 10%? Come on, dude. They don't know what value is because they don't appraise things in the value of the kingdom of God, but you and I do, and we're trying to do more and more. That's what we have to understand. And so wisdom is a gift from God. He sends it to his people. Daniel was told 
Do not be afraid, Daniel, in Daniel 10, 12, from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come, says the angel, in response to your words. From the first day or moment, you said to heaven, help me understand, I was dispatched. God gives generously and without reproach. If you'll come, but you must come, James 1, 6, how? Let him ask, let the person who lacks wisdom, James 1, 6, ask in faith, without any doubting. For the one who doubts, for he who oscillates in doubt is the idea, is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. We must come and ask God in faith. Now, faith is a Greek word, pistos or piste, and it is a word that means trust, which assumes a relationship. So when this Bible verse says to come or ask in faith, it assumes a relationship with God in a master-servant relationship, a shepherd-sheep relationship, a father-son or daughter relationship. Everybody with me? This is what is assumed in coming in faith because I'll tell you, many people pray. It's been said that there are no atheists in foxholes. If someone is about to get in a major collision or they're in a foxhole with bullets flying over their head, many people pray. Jonah, down there sleeping at the, in the bottom of the ship, the people come down, what are you doing, man? Cry out to your God. Maybe one of these gods is real and he'll answer. <laughs> We're in a storm, dude. Where are you from and where are you going and what's up with you? Right? Look, many people pray. The question is, is it a prayer of faith? Is your prayer about God and his kingdom? Is it about you wanting to go deeper with the Lord? Or is God a bellhop in the sky and you just want him to do something for you? And then see you later, God. Thanks for getting me out of that one. There's no relationship there. There's no faith. That's just convenience. Let's face it. And there are many people who pray out of convenience. And, and look, God is so good and so gracious that even in an emergency, he'll hear your prayer and he'll He'll be wooing you to himself. But when we ask, there is a how. We need to ask in faith. Hey, listening family. If you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, putting on the full armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. 
You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.